You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. From our studio to yours, it's Various Artists with Francis and Liam. Ahi mari tena koto kato ko Liam toku ingoa no mai ahi mai ki various artists mo tene wiki. Hello and welcome to various artists. My name is Liam and I'll be with you for the next hour. We're going Francisless once again this week as she is down in Queenstown, I believe, somewhere that isn't Auckland. Um, so I've just got the reins of the show today. It is lovely to have your company. If akine coming up, I chat to Ototahi illustrator Maya Templer about Meet the Candidates, her new political trading card game covering the 2023 election. I'm also chatting to Greg O'Brien from the Tamaki Makoto Maritime Museum about the Always Song in the Water exhibition. And lastly, I will be chatting with Jennifer Chook, the Rat World Editor-in-Chief, about the New Zealand Young Writers Festival, which she is the guest curator for. And to round off the show, we will be taking you through the art guide for Tamaki Makoto this week. Here Aha Ulfakara, we would love to hear your thoughts on any of these pieces. So please get in touch to Kupa Tohima. You can text us on 5395 or Waira Give us a call in studio on 309-3879. Also, after the show, Kaowe e Wariwari i Ahe Anakoto te Fakarangoki in Ikorido, Anohe Takieri Rokiroki Mai. You can catch all these stories and more by podcast on the 95BFM website, 95BFM.com. Oh, don't suffer for your art chat. Various artists with Francis and Liam. With the 2023 general election on the horizon, Otatahi illustrator and designer Maya Templer has put together a set of Magic the Gathering-esque trading cards comparing and contrasting the candidates of the 2023 election. The game has 45 cards of local MPs running in the upcoming election, alongside cards about the policies and a few tributes to Aotearoa's weirdest political history. The game can indeed be played like a classic trading card game, but it's still meant to be relatively informative in an effort to help upcoming voters learn more about who they could be electing. I had a chat with Maya about the card game and how it all came together. My name's Maya Templer. I'm a designer based in Otatahi, and I've made a card game that teaches you about who you can vote for in the upcoming election. It's called Meet the Candidates, and it's based on Magic the Gathering. So where did the original idea for this card game come from? I believe I thought of it last election, but it was a little bit too late. Um, so I, when this cycle came around, I was like, oh, okay, cool, I can finally work on this project. And I started it in about April. Um, I thought Magic was a good card game to be inspired by because it's like the most popular game in the world. Um, and I, I've taken the top 10 MPs from five of the major political parties. So instead of creatures, you have candidates. Instead of landscapes, you have policy cards. And instead of um, spells, you have political powers. Um, yeah. Were you familiar with Magic of the Gathering before working on this? Um, not really. I've played a lot of card games and board games I really love playing, but um, I got my boyfriend, who was a teenage magic player, um, to teach me how to play like while I was working on the cards. How did it kind of like come together? So you worked on both the text for the cards and the illustrations. Um, I guess to start, how were you kind of going about describing all the candidates? I've illustrated all the cards so each 
card has like a picture of the candidate um, and then the research side was pretty full on. I I watched each politician's maiden speeches if they were in parliament already, um, which was really interesting because it gives you sort of an idea of why they're there and how they got there. Um, and then I went and read their their bios on the political websites. Um, some of them have Wikipedia pages and then um, going through all the articles that are written about them from the last year or two um, was super useful for sort of working out what what they've done and um, why why they're in politics in the first place and how they got there. And how did that work for, like you mentioned, the political policy cards and the sort of like, um, did you say the political power cards as well? Um, the political power cards are sort of a little bit more lighthearted and fun. So they're sort of funny moments in political history. Like we have um, the flag referendum um, with the laser Kiwi flag design. Um, and then there's like Julianne Genta cycling to the hospital while she's like in labor about to give birth. <laughs> like it's pretty iconic. Um, and then there's like the card I think people react to the most is the great dildo slap, which is when Stephen Joyce was struck across the face with a dildo um, a few years ago. That's the image that I had in mind of iconic moments in New Zealand politics. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely one of the most notable, um, the hilarious too. Yeah, and then I guess like how have you translated this into a card game? Is it just kind of like copy and pasting the dynamics from Magic over to this, or was there sort of some more um, nuances that you had to work through for the subject matter? I think originally I wanted to have it as close to Magic as possible, but as I went on, I worked out that um, it doesn't quite work the same because you have 45 candidate cards, so the the amount of like characters in the game is quite high so when we play it you have two draw piles that everybody or the two players share um so you have one for power cards and policy cards which policy cards you'd use to like summon your um your candidates and then a separate pile for drawing candidates so there's a little bit of strategy and sort of which pile you choose to draw from each turn which mp's card do you think was the most fun to work on for this for the individual politicians cards Oh, I think they all have a special place in my heart because they're all so different. Um, I really like some of my drawings. I'm really proud of, like, I think the Act Party candidate, Mark Cameron, he's, like, in his camo. <laughs> he's, like, also suntan from working on the farm, and I think his card's really funny. Um, and I think I went pretty far with Christopher Luxon. Um, he, like, vaguely resembles a, an egg. Um, which I know a few people have been like, wow, you really went, you really were pretty scathing with that one. But then um, I tried to balance it by um, making Hipkins look like Archie from um, like the Riverdale Archie comics. So, yeah, hopefully people don't get... Um, they are caricatures at the end of the day. Yeah, there's a similar level of like taking the piss across the board. And, I mean, in that case, how do you kind of go about... Um, trying to not make this card game too biased and kind of keeping it generally objective so it can remain informative? That was something I was pretty concerned about. Um, I had, like, put them up for feedback on um, a 
group I'm in on Facebook that's like filled with people who are quite politically engaged and they were like this is propaganda for the left <laughs> and all this stuff um, so I was like you, you're not wrong like I need to go through and I um, put put a open call for feedback out and I got some um, right voting people to go through them and give me feedback which I was super grateful for and that allowed me to edit them. Um, and then I've also been through them with a journalist um, who sort of edited my tone a little bit and helped me to um, balance it. Um, I do have a disclaimer that they do have a slight left-leaning, but um, I think it's important to acknowledge that, but then not, I don't think any political messaging is ever going to be completely unbiased um, at the same time. Yeah, and I think kind of making that clear immediately, even in the, like, shop page, I think that you say, um, hey, this is, like, a slight left lean, but I've tried my best to go between, and that's really all that you can ask for. Yeah, and people can go and read every card before they buy them. Like, um, they can have a look and see um, if they feel comfortable playing the game or they they feel like they're not they're not fair enough um and that's up to them yeah so i guess we're currently about what i'm quickly checking my phone about a little over a month until the election so when are these cards going to be available to play and pick up so the pre-order is open at the moment so you can go onto my website mktemplar.com or search mk meet the candidates and it should come up um so they, I aim to have those out by the 25th of September um, and then within that time get a free online version up so people can play it um, on the computer if you don't have the finances to afford to pay for a physical deck. That was Maya Templer chatting about her card game, Meet the Candidates. As you said, you can grab that on her website at mktemplar.com. You're on various artists. Feel free to text in to 5395 to let us know any thoughts about that piece. Or just let us know how you're going. I'm going to go to a quick track from Hot Mulligan because they're coming in a few months and the song has just been on a constant, constant, constant repeat in my head. Uh, so, bit of screaming times. This is Equip Sunglasses. We'll be back with more arts after this.
Scott Mulligan with Quip Sunglasses. You are on 95PFM. Auckland's favourite summer festival is back for 2024. That's right. St Jerome's Laneway Festival is here. Darling. Happening at Western Springs on Waitangi Day, Tuesday, February 6th. And as always, they have stacked the chilli bin chock-a-full of the coolest local and international musical acts. Featuring... Stormzy. Steve Lacey. Dominic Fike. Unknown Mortal Orchestra. AJ Tracy. David. Dope Lemon. Idress. Faye Webster. Horse Girl. Near Archives. Paris, Texas. Pretty Girl. Ray. Skin on Skin. Suki Waterhouse. Atsurangi. Blonde Shell. Church. Daily J. Dommy and JD Beck. Ernie Bell. Hanby. Hemlock Springs. And Molly Payton. St. Jerome's Laneway Festival 2024. Waitangi Day, Tuesday, February 6th. Last year, the tickets sold out in record time, so sign up for pre-sale access now via laneway-festival.com. The Hollywood Avondale, screening films for everyone every week. Celebrating the legendary director, William Friedkin, every Thursday night this September. Text a friend, hop on the train and experience the magic of cinema at the Hollywood Avondale. Plus this week, past lives, stepbrothers, and heaps more for your New Zealand's most fabulous theatre. So go on, pick up your feet in Poughkeepsie and get your tickets now at hollywoodavondale.nz. Follow them on Instagram for the latest listings at Hollywood Avondale. Thanks to Scapegrace. Going Out West presents Different Out Loud, Edges. Films born out of collaboration from 10 of the hottest Aotearoa poets and filmmakers from the ragged edges of West Auckland. With Dominic Hoey, Anne Kennedy, Tracy Slaughter, Amber Asau and Michael Moore. Different Out Loud, Lopdale Precinct, Titirangi. Saturday, September 16. Pay what you want. Bookings are essential. So book online at goingwestfest.co.nz. Audio. Culture. Tune in to 95BFM Drive every second Tuesday as they're joined by one of our friends from Audio Culture, sharing the songs, stories and salacious scandal from which has woven the mighty tapestry of New Zealand music. Audio Culture, more cultured than a blue cheese with a BA. Every other Tuesday on 95BFM Drive. Thanks to Audio Culture. Iwi Waiata, the noisy library of New Zealand music. Go to audioculture.co.nz. Only positive critiques. Honest. Various artists. Hi, my name is Jennifer. I am the editor-in-chief of Ratworld magazine. But when I'm not doing that, I'm actually the guest curator of the New Zealand Young Writers Festival this year, which I'm super stoked about. So is this the founding year of the New Zealand Young Writers Festival? No, no, no. It's been going on for quite a while. And it's um, done by uh, Dunedin Fringe, which is super awesome. Mm. What has the process of... What has your work been for this as a guest curator for the festival? Yeah, so I've been in charge of um, kind of curating the tone and the vibe of the festival, you know, kind of what we're focusing on, um, the events that will be part of the festival. And I myself have um, been able to curate and create three panels and workshops, which has been super awesome. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Mm. You've co- we're kind of talking before we did this interview yeah. about kind of the different tones that you've been bringing to the New Zealand mm-hmm. Young Writers Festival, sort of more experimental fiction and uh, different styles of narrative. What does that kind of look like for the panels that are coming up? Yeah, I think writing festivals always 
have a particular idea in people's heads that it's just novels and poetry and kind of traditional forms of writing. And, and while those are super cool, I think that it often excludes people who are in um, comics or podcasting or screenwriting, and those are valid forms of writing and storytelling as well. So for this festival, I've made a really big effort to include all those different forms of writing and storytelling. Um, so we have a whole postering panel as well, which is about the writing and language on posters and how that political posters are a form of storytelling and writing as well. Um, and we also have this great panel about podcasting and the technical side of writing podcasts and how to create that narrative. So, yeah, having a look at storytelling along a different and, and broader range of writing practices. Mm. And you've been talking a bit about kind of almost just the language of being a writer in of itself, um, <laughs> seeing yourself as a writer or not, because you've pointed out you do a lot of that kind of mahi within your work for Rat World, within your work for um, university and more sort of like paying the bills type jobs, but it's still <laughs> been weird to label yourself as a writer. Has kind of working on this had any impact on that? And do you want it to have any impact on anyone else who's maybe having the same struggles? Yeah, I feel like a underlying tone of this festival that came out organically was this idea of imposter syndrome and not feeling like that you're a writer. Um, one of the panels actually is, um, I identify as an imposter is what it's called. And it's about that sort of syndrome that comes out when you're writing, but you feel so odd about calling yourself a writer, you know, that you may not be the one that, that's getting published all the time and, and your work isn't getting out there as much, but you're still a writer, you know. And and like you said as well, I struggle calling myself a writer, even though 90% of my day is writing and a lot of my work is writing. So I think I kind of want to redefine that word of, of writer and, and say that we're all kind of writers within the creative practice that we're doing, you know. Yeah. Making film is, and comics, we were talking about this, and comics is you, you've still got to script the characters and, and to have the storyboards and that's still writing you know mm. and i guess like what are you hoping for people to take away from this festival as a whole whether it be from them going to a multitude of events or even just one of them mm. i really think the main focus of this is making sure that everyone knows that they can be creative and that they can be a writer that if they didn't have the chance to get started in writing or if they're kind of dabbling in their spare time and they think oh I'm not sure if I can really call myself a writer. I really want to say that you are a writer, you know. You can come to these events and, and connect with people and talk with people and collaborate. So um, that sort of community collaboration as well is really important with this festival. Mm. And speaking of collaboration, who mm. have you worked with to bring this festival together? Uh, so I've been working with the Fringe team. So um, Ruth, Katrina, Kate as part of the Fringe team have been super awesome and they've been really supportive and helping get this festival um, off its feet and they work so hard down in Dunedin with this festival. Um, I've also collaborated with a bunch of really awesome Dunedin based local writers. Um, it was really important to me to centre this festival within the Dunedin space and bring people from all over New Zealand to show that there's a lot of amazing creative and, and written work happening in Dunedin so I really mm. wanted to focus on that too and um, bringing together people from all over New Zealand who are awesome writers and awesome creatives to go to Dunedin. Yeah, I mean, so much of your... I was thinking about this earlier. So much mm. of your mahi with Right World this year with the Issue 5 launch party <laughs> with the small press fest that you put on with... Was it um, Evening Books yes. in Otipoti? Yeah, a lot of that has been centred around um, Dunedin. Do you just think that there's a new energy there that's popping up? I mean, the the launch party was a complete coincidence. <laughs> and then Small Press Fest is a coincidence. People are convinced that I have family there or something and that <laughs> I, I secretly live there. But I, the energy there and the community and, and the, the spirit of working together and creating a really collaborative creative space is, is something that I really love. Mm. And um, I, I do think that there's a real energy and, and there's just... I don't know, I see so much work coming out, especially with Small Press Fest, you know? That sort of DIY community spirit is just so awesome. Yeah, and I mean, 
it's kind of like been spreading across the South Island. When I was in Otatahi recently, mm. you saw works by some incredible zine makers down there from Abe Hunter, who does Battle Magazine, yeah. um, Spencer Hall, who's done all sorts of incredible work. This kind of like real focus around small press that while yeah. you do see bits of it in Auckland, especially over the past month of Auckland mm. Zine Fest, I feel like there's a real culture around there that's been really interesting to kind of watch grow from up here. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, and that being said, I mean, we're chatting about this from Auckland. Is there <laughs> anything, what do you think that it's important for even people up here in Tamaki Makoto to know about this? Yeah, I really want this festival to spark a conversation everywhere about what writing is and how we can redefine those those concepts of writing and, and really creating a more inclusive environment for writers of all different forms and all different walks of life to really come together and say, I feel like a writer, you know, you don't need to feel impostery or, or strange about calling yourself a writer. So it's more about sparking that larger conversation and bringing people together. Mm. And if there are people up in Auckland who are like, this sounds really interesting, I want to kind of get involved or learn more, but I can't quite manage to make the mm. way all the way down to Otapoti, is there any way that they can still get involved or learn more? Yeah, um, you can head to the website, which is the youngwritersfest.nz, and you can have a read about all of the um, panels and events that are on. Um, a bunch of them will be podcasted and streamed later, so you can have a listen to them afterwards. Um, and if you do want to make your way down to Otipoti, it's on, on the 21st to 24th of September. Mm. And which general locations in Dunedin are these being taken place in? So it'll mostly be at the Fringe headquarters. Nice. Which is a really lovely space. We actually did um, a workshop with uh, Small Press Fest, um, Five Ever Books did a workshop there, and it's a really beautiful space with these open windows and great place for workshops. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on um, for people who might be interested to head down? I think kind of the main thing that's really fun and awesome about this festival is just the breadth of writing work that's that's being showcased and I think it's just so awesome that you have a zine making workshop and a poetry slam alongside you know a, a comics panel as well and just really showcasing that this is this is writing you know and New Zealand Young Writers Fest I think people just think it's going to be novels and poetry and, and short stories and prose but it's so much more than that you know writing at its core is storytelling and all of this that's being showcased is storytelling mm. and if people want to learn more where can they go on the internet to yeah. find out so they can go to the website I previously mentioned which is youngwritersfest.net or they can head to the Instagram which I think is NZ Young Writers Fest um, and I'll be posting heaps on my Instagram as well which is at Bird. Um but yeah Definitely give us a follow and keep up to date with all of this. It's super awesome and super exciting. Perfect. Thank you very much, Jen, for coming on the show. Thank you. That was Jennifer Chuck chatting about the New Zealand Young Writers Festival that is happening down in Otapoti, Dunedin. In a few weeks' time, He Aha Ofakaro, welcome back to various artists. Let us know what you think of any of these pieces that you've heard so far. Text us on Bimaturu Iwa Rima 5395. This is Gorillas, James Murphy, and Andre 3000 uh, with Do Your Thing. Love the music video on this one. I'm a pet imitator of a boy in the sky With a cap in his head and a knot in his tie I'm the light in the mile when the power is gone The shadow in the corner just playing along I'm only red in my beard, I'm rolling aside But if I get a car, I'm roaming the ride Because I know if I ever share a living to you You gotta volunteer and you don't know what to do You try
seven-letter word for street fighter. Brawler. Hey, what's happening at Ponsonby Social Club this week? DJs Adam Fuhr and Jerome Hall. And tomorrow, Julia Dory live, followed by DJs Manuel Bundy and TDK. Same old Ponsonby Social Club, 152 Ponsonby Road. I love dick, you love dick. We all love dickity dick dick dick. But asking are you clean can be pretty mean. Now you're just being a dick, dick, dick. When you're living with HIV, clean is the ultimate dick. Major Rick, and no one wants icks when they're trying to get dick. Eat a dick, ride a dick, just don't be a dick getting dick. See more at Burnett Foundation Aotearoa on TikTok. I haven't voted before because I feel like my voice isn't heard. But I'm not the only one. If we all had a say, 
on the issues that matter to us and our communities. That'll be powerful, right? Yep. Let's make our voices heard by voting in this year's general election. Brought to you by the Electoral Commission. The original originator. 95. Go to 95bfm.com for show podcasts. Various artists with Francis and Liam. So you can go to the opening for more than just the snacks. Welcome back to the show where you're on 95BFM, various artists. If you want to get in touch, you can do so at 5395 or give us a call at 0909-3879. It's lovely to have your company. The New Zealand Maritime Museum has recently opened up its newest exhibition titled Always Song in the Water. This exhibition celebrates Moana Oceania through the work of a variety of renowned artists and was co-curated by Gregory O'Brien, who was also the author of the book that the exhibition is based on. I had a chat to Greg to learn more. Okay, well, I'm Greg O'Brien. I live in Wellington, although um, most of my life, or the half of my life has been spent in Auckland, um, strong roots to the Hauraki Gulf, um, to the whole Tamaki Makoro um, area. Um, Love the opportunity that this exhibition gave me to do some work at the Maritime Museum, which is an institution I've worked with in the past, and I totally love the place. It's a fantastic location. It's one of those um, slightly hidden jewels, I think, in Auckland that people need to know more about. Um, But anyway... They approached me with um, with the offer to um, work on an exhibition based on a book that I published a few years ago called Always Song in the Water, a book that really looked looked at the imagination and the idea of the Pacific Ocean and um, the different peoples and cultures and energies and life forms that inhabit this part of the world. So um, we started a couple of years ago, probably in the middle of COVID, actually, the conversation started, and then the exhibition opened um, just about a week ago, just in late August of this year. So I guess what went into the creation of, I guess, to start this book? Um, I guess, I mean, um, as I said, I've always been someone with a connection with the ocean. About 12 years ago, I was involved in an art project around the Kermadec Islands, the Kermadec region, north of New Zealand. Um, And that involved going up there in a naval vessel and carrying on to um, Tonga. And for me, it was very much a kind of revelation in terms of... um, I don't know, maybe I'm starting to reconsider New Zealand instead of it being an island, you know, at the bottom of the Pacific, as it being, you know, part of an archipelago, which is, you know, extends all the way, you know, over about half the surface of the planet, in fact, you know. So um, it was a kind of, I suppose that's quite an abstract thing, but really starting to think of New Zealand as being an oceanic place and also the ocean being part of our territory. And this is one of the things I write about in the book, um, you know, is the fact that with New Zealand only one seventeenth of our territory is dry land you know most of New Zealand Aotearoa New Zealand is actually ocean you know so um, I guess as an artist and as a writer I find that a fantastically inspiring proposition it's a bit of a conundrum too how do we make art that talks about the ocean that thinks about the ocean that sings a song of the ocean that connects with it uh, when I guess because of our species we often tend to um, think of um, dry land as being our territory you know so um there are a few ideas like that, I guess, that sort of got the book going. And then basically it was a, a travel journal. It's a, um, it's a very personal book looking at, you know, travelling through Northland, you know, heading up into the northern reaches of New Zealand and then carrying on from there, you know, to Rail Island, you know, in the Kermadec Group, which is the furthest north part of New Zealand, which is actually in the subtropical zone. So it's back closer to um, Tonga than it is to New Zealand. Um, 
And when you sort of do a voyage like that, you suddenly New Zealand changes its shape. You know, it becomes uh, yeah, kind of a becomes a lot of ocean. You know, I mean, I do remember actually when we were on the ship in 2011, um, sailing north of Braille, and we'd been gone for about six days. And the captain came over the intercom of the vessel to say that we were now crossing the line. We were leaving New Zealand. You know, we were actually in the middle of the ocean. Um, uh, and then about a couple of hours later, he said, we are now entering Tongan territory. And you realise that actually in terms of, um, you know, um, territorial waters, that New Zealand and Tonga almost touch one another. We're, we are almost, um, you know, direct neighbours, you know. Um, so anyway, so I guess these are sort of <clears throat> the ideas in terms of, I guess, this idea of Moana, Oceania, you know, of the ocean being something that connects us, being something to think about. But also, as I found on that project, going up there with nine other artists, including people like John Poulet and Robin White and John Reynolds, Phil Dadson from From Scratch, um, with a pretty stellar crew, Bruce Foster, Fiona Hall, the Australian artist. Um, it was... Um, uh, everyone was very sort of inspired and galvanised and energised to make work. And so the book talks about that that voyage, that project, and its aftermath, really, which, you know, 12 years on is still going on, which is basically we're all still making art about the ocean. I'm still writing about it, and I've just curated with um, Jackie Knowles from the um, Maritime Museum this, you know, pretty big exhibition um, exploring, I guess, the themes that we started off with 12 years ago. But there have always been teams, and obviously in New Zealand art and world art, Moana Oceania is, is, a, is a big reality. How have you approached kind of switching this from the book into the exhibition at the Maritime Museum? Um, I guess, well, basically, um, uh, well, the book, actually, we did a new edition of the book, which actually has a new <laughs> third section to it, which is all about, really, about this latest spin of the wheel, this new adventure. So... Basically, it was um, bringing back all the nine artists involved in the Kermitek um, project, which fortunately were all still alive and in good health. So um, everyone jumped back on board with great gusto. Um, but this time, it's got a lot more artists. It's probably like about, I think it's about 40 artists in it. Um, uh, and so in a way, it's sort of, um, this is working very much with Jackie from the museum. Really think, well, what are the, what's the energy? Where is it going? And basically, it just broadened out. So we ended up with, um, artists. I mean, John Poulet is living in Nui now, so we had art coming down from there. There are a number of artists from Kiribati. Um, a few more Australian artists, interestingly, became part of the show. Um, it was very organic, really. I mean, because in some ways, you know, like it's not a survey, Liam. It's not a kind of like a um, trying to be a historical show, you know, kind of hammering things into some kind of argument. It's very much, I think, a, you know, it's called Always Song in the Water. I think the show is a, a song and a poem. And voices gather to it, you know, like uh, voices in a choir. We're all singing together in a way. Um, but it's not. It's obviously not everybody. Um, there are a number of um, great New Zealand artists that came on board. Shona Lapira Davies, a fantastic um, woman who was brought up on Aotea, Great Barrier Island. She has a couple of big paintings in it. Um, so in some ways it was a bit like we almost started this conversation. This was Jackie and me at the museum. And there were just people sort of, almost sort of walked into it, you know, or, or sort of sailed into it, if you like, um, bringing new material. Um, so it's, it's a very, I mean, I, I mean, I've loved working on the show. It's, it's also got poetry and little extracts from my book in the, in the exhibition too on the wall. So it's kind of quite a rich fabric of um, 
kind of uh, ideas and of images and of thoughts and of, you know, poems, of songs, of um, reflections on the natural world. Yeah, and just quickly, which artists have you worked with to bring this exhibition to life? Oh, gosh, well, I think just about everyone involved. But actually, one of the great things, I think we did a um, piece of music with um, Steve Lafilitoga Marker, um, who's born in Ovea, born up in New Caledonia, and presently living in Mount Wellington in Auckland. Uh, but he composed a piece of music, which is sort of like the mehi at the front of the exhibition. So when you come through, there's a magnificent, it's about a nine-minute film made by Bruce Foster, who was one of the original Kermadec group, and he's filmed um, this piece of music about the ocean, about the, <clears throat> the mother-child relationship that exists between the ocean and humanity. And um, about 10 women singing the song, it's the most beautifully filmed thing. And you need to go and hear it, Liam, but it'll uh, knock your socks off. But I think we, I must try and get some version of it so you can play it on the radio, because it really is a beautiful why art. It's incredibly moving. Um, so Steve came on board and brought this great pan-Pacific um, group of wahini together to sing this. And, of course, they were all at the opening a week ago, and they performed <clears throat> the piece at the opening, and also there was dancing, and it was kind of amazing. So, um, <clears throat> so that was pretty special. But, I mean, John Reynolds came back on board and has done a wall painting um, in the gallery, which I think is fantastic. So it was great to have John back on deck. Um, Liz Thompson... I spent about a week installing a work that's made up out of 500 bronze fish, which are all attached to the wall. Uh, it's quite hard to describe, but you need to see it. There is some work in the show, I think, that's really quite remarkable, memorable. Um, I think it's a very accessible show. That's the other thing about it. I mean, I know um, just from the audiences that have been coming now, you know, it's, um, I think it's a show with some great, you know, some pretty, pretty interesting taught ideas in it, but also to show that um, small children seem to love sort of peering around and then looking around and, um, you know, there's sort of all sorts of things to look at. It's um, it's a bit of a cabinet of wonders, if you like, you know, of, um, undersea and uh, oceanic wonders. No. That was Greg O'Brien chatting about Always Song in the Water from th- at <laughs> the New Zealand Maritime Museum. Uh, you are on various artists. It is lovely to have your company. Flick us a text on 5395. We would love to hear from you. We've just got a few tracks coming up before the art guide. Coming up first, we have Three Squeezes of the Hand by Model Home. These guys are touring here in a few weeks' time, and I'm very, very excited. We've been driving for hours Put your cigarette out And make a comment about a girl you knew in high school With a love like a siren Hands pasted to the steering wheel for light And good things in the blue The doubt is coming out fast I promise I'll die Too dark to see soon, and it's hard to 
Vous êtes en train d'écouter 95 BFM. This is Ginger Bay with Our Sky Smile. You are on various artists on 95 BFM. It's the 95 BFM Art Guide on various artists. It's paintings in that. All right, for the next week, Boom Shankar is on at Q Theatre, a critically acclaimed bromantic comedy by Amari Bajaj 
and Bella Morali. This was covered on Stage Direction earlier this week if you want to learn more, or you can just grab your tickets. Those are available from the Hugh Theatre website. On Day Friday, the 8th of September, tonight until Sunday, Art in the Park is on at Eden Park with 100 works from artists based around El Tarela Showcase. Tickets are available at artinthepark.co.nz. Rahroi Saturday, the 9th of September, Casual First Day, an improv show is on at the Tarelangi Tarangi Theatre. Those tickets are available from Event Finder. And tomorrow, Joel and Henry Try New Jokes is on at Move Space over on Dominion Road. Tickets are also available from Event Finder. There are two shows for that at 7 and 9 p.m. Lastly, it's a pretty chill week this week on Ratu Tuesday, the 12th of September. The Emotions in Motion panel discussion is on at the next in Graylin, which is a talk between Lucy Blaze, Rina Che, Helena Waimoana, Dalton and convened by Sonia Wilson. If you want to get in touch, if you've got any events of your own that you'd want to see on the art guide, then you can get in touch on the on our little email arts at 95bfm.com. That was the 95BFM art guide. Still got about 10 minutes on the show, so we're going to squeeze in a quick couple of new tunes. This is I Like to Be Alone from Maidens. Keep your hand 
What's it all for? Various artists. Feel Better by Deck Move. Also got good, gig- good gigs coming up. All sorts going on in Tamaki Makoto right now. You're on BFM. Various Artists with Francis and Liam. Ere te hōtaka katoa mō tēnei wiki, nei te mihi kia koutou katoa i kōrero mai ki au mō tēnei rā. That is all for us on Various Artists for today. Cheers to those who have chatted with us. That would be Maya Templer, Jennifer Chuck, and Gregory O'Brien. Nei rā hoki te mihi kia e whakarango ana. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, you can listen back to all those chats and more at 95bfm.com. Ka hoki mai matoa a tērā wiki. Next up is Land of the Good Groove. You are listening to 95bfm. Cheers.
That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.